This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Tuesday afternoon, November 14th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. McDonald's and Crocs are merging nostalgia with innovation. We'll explain in our next segment. But first, inflation appears to have stabilized as consumer prices remain unchanged. And Wall Street likes it, likes it. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services, based in Pittsburgh. Gus, thank you for joining us today. And economists as a group, Gus, and I'm, I'm sure you know better than I do, uh, aren't really exuberant, flashy types, but there was a lot of positivity this morning uh, coming out about today's uh, latest CPI print. Um, that, that's right. Yeah, so not only did we see headline overall inflation, basically prices were flat from September to October, but more importantly, we saw weaker core inflation, excluding food and energy, that the Federal Reserve pays more attention to. So that had picked up a little bit in August, September, slowed again in October. That's very good news, and it indicates that although inflation is still too high for the Fed, it is definitely moving in the right direction. When it comes to reaching that 2% target, what number is more more illustrative of where we are in the fight against inflation these days. Is it the year-over-year number, uh, even considering base effects uh, from, from a year ago, or is it the annualized rate? I, I think it's more the year-over-year number. The Fed wants to see not just a, a, a few months of 2% inflation, but they want to see 2% inflation sustained over a period of time. Uh, so they need to see year-over-year inflation slow to 2%. We're moving in that direction. It's taking a while. It will take a while. But I would think by this time next year, we should see inflation that's pretty close to that 2% level. Now, where it's a 3.2% on a year-over-year basis, that is the consumer price index. And we talk about 2% inflation. Since we're knocking on the door of the 2% threshold, does it have to be 2% right on the schnoz or can it be 2.2, 2. 2.5, 2. 2.7? You know, I, I, I think that the Fed really would like to see 2%. They have set that as their objective. Uh, they don't want to be accused of moving the goalposts. So I think they really do want to get to 2%. And I think it's entirely plausible that we could even get a little bit below 2%, which the Fed would be comfortable with. They want to see it average 2% over the longer run. We're talking to Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services, based in Pittsburgh. Uh, to use a firefighting analogy, I'm guessing the Fed, if they do arrive at that, that 2% threshold, they don't want to see inflation flaring up again. So what's their decision making what what's their decision making process when it comes to holding interest rates or cutting them because I'm guessing hiking is now entirely out of the question. 
Uh, yeah, I think it's very unlikely unless we see a reacceleration in inflation sometime soon that we'll see the Fed hike. I think what they'll do is they will keep uh, rates where they are well into 2024 until inflation is at least close to 2%. Maybe they might feel comfortable cutting them then. They also want to know what's going on with the job market. If job growth is still too strong from the Fed's perspective, they're going to be reluctant to cut rates. On the other hand, if we see slower job growth and a rising unemployment rate, then the Fed would feel more comfortable cutting that Fed funds rate. Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, McDonald's teaming up with Crocs for exclusive shoes inspired by the fast food chain's iconic mascots. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. McDonald's is entering the shoe game through a collaboration with Crocs. Joining us with the details is R.J. Hadevi, head of analytical research at Foot traffic analysis firm Placer AI based in Chicago. RJ, thank you for joining us today. This this uh, this this alliance, this collaboration, collab as the kids say on social media, uh, is about leaning into nostalgia for McDonald's. And before we talk about the specifics of the McDonald's branded Crocs, RJ, I want to ask you, what does your information tell you about the power of nostalgia and those uh, spooky, pale, happy meal uh, containers that come out at Halloween, because that was aimed at children of the 80s, such as myself. Uh, We used to get those all the time, but now my kids are enjoying them. And did that bring people into the store? Yeah, it's it's exactly right, Rob, and uh, I agree with you too. I think the motivation is equally for 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 kids and their parents uh, of a certain age. Um, it's tough to gauge the visitation trends because the company is actually laughing last year's very successful nostalgia adult happy meal uh, promotion. Um, we've seen some weakness across the board, but generally speaking, uh, there has been a definitive trend in QSR promotions uh, leaning in towards nostalgia. We've seen it with McDonald's, again, with the adult Happy Meal, with the, the Pails, and obviously the Grimace and uh, another brand of Crocs here. I think this is going to be uh, a very interesting uh, development, and it certainly will create some buzz. We've seen it with other brands, though, too. Uh, Taco Bell and their Mexican pizza relaunch. That was certainly a, a nostalgia play. And we're seeing more and more quick service restaurants start to embla- embrace this idea, idea to drive visitation. And it seems like the, uh, the there was the nostalgia happy pails. They brought those back. And then there was the Grimace milkshake uh, that was introduced earlier this year that uh, based on the social media activity, uh, just from user generated content, uh, people took the idea of the Grimace milkshake to straight <laughs> Strange new places, and when it comes to, uh, to 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 marketing your business, uh, is it you know you have the commercials, you have all this all the traditional forms of paid media to build brand awareness, but you need something like the Grimace Shake, and then users just doing weird stuff with it to uh, keep your brand top of mind. I think user-created content is one of the most powerful forms of marketing today, and we certainly see it reflected in visitation trends for those brands that have really embraced it, um, you know, supported their, their content creators either directly or indirectly. Uh, I know McDonald's didn't directly acknowledge some of the things going on with Grimace and the Grimace Shake, uh, but it was acknowledged. <laughs> the, it. the Requiem uh, for a Dream uh, Grimace Shake video was uh, <laughs> the one that really sticks out to me. Yes, but uh, at least they're uh, acknowledging that it's happening and, uh, you know, implicit, uh, not direct, uh, you know, support, but at least acknowledging that it's going on. And I think that helps from a brand messaging standpoint. And that takes us to the McDonald's branded Crocs, RJ Hadevi, and that is uh, $75 shoes. 
inspired by Grimace and the Hamburglar. So once again, uh, this is a nostalgia play. This is for the McDonald's customer who remembers when Grimace had six or seven arms or were incarcerated in the Hamburglar jail at Playland during a birthday party 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is a nostalgia play. It's also a scarcity play. These are going to be highly uh, demanded products. Uh, and, you know, it's a, again, I think the end, end goal is creating buzz for your brand. Uh, there's been, a, you know, a case in the quick service restaurant. I mean, uh, coming out of the pandemic, there wasn't a lot of innovation. Uh, everybody had to scale back on operations and promotions. Uh, and now we're at a point where people are looking for excitement. That's really what's driving visitation is, you know, things that create buzz, things that you can tell your friends uh, and create a story around. And I think those are the stories, uh, the, the tactics that are really working in this environment. And I think McDonald's has really <laughs> taken the, uh, the lead on this one, too. They've done an exceptional job with their promotion. Um, and we're seeing the, the ripple effect and other people try to tap into this idea of nostalgia across the quick service restaurant space. And then very quickly, RJ, this is a, uh, an arrangement that benefits both parties because this also uh, jumpstarts Crocs, uh, which was uh, in need of a spark plug. Yeah, it's a win-win for both brands. Uh, they kind of tap into to each other's uh, different audiences and customer bases. Um, you know, Crocs is one that actually has had a, a bit of a resurgence the last couple of years, maybe a little bit slower in 2023, uh, but continues to create buzz for them, too. And I think uh, I, I would be surprised if this is the last partnership uh, that Crocs explores with, uh, with different brands like this. Again, you know, it's been a year of interesting uh, partnerships, uh, you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer being one of many. Um, and so it wouldn't be surprising to see more uh, unique partnerships like this start to pop up in the, in the year ahead. R.J. Hadavi, head of analytical research at the foot traffic analysis firm Placer AI in Chicago. Coming up next, Illinois sparkles with holiday magic. We'll look at cool holiday events and attractions across the state. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday, part one on the Noon Business Hour. In this segment, we're exploring enchanting holiday events and attractions across Illinois curated by the state's Office of Tourism. We welcome in Marla Schachowski, spokeswoman for the Illinois Office of Tourism in Chicago. Marla, thank you for joining us today. And, of course, you have your Chicago-area holiday traditions, the things that everybody uh, needs to hit up between now and December 25th. We're talking about dinner at the Walnut Room, uh, going to the Chris Kindle Market, uh, maybe taking in a uh, professional lights display or two. But there's so much more going on in the state of Illinois uh, outside of the Chicago area and, dare I say, off the beaten path. That is so true, Rob. Yes, there is so much to see and do across the entire state of Illinois this holiday season. And let's talk about one of the coolest light displays you can experience in Rockford, just an hour and a half from the Chicago area. This is free and it starts November 25th, goes through early January. It's at the Nicholas Conservatory. So it's called All Aglow at the Nicholas Conservatory and Gardens. And it's just a gorgeous setting there filled with sparkling lights. You'll see 300,000 lights, uh, many of them glistening lights that add extra sparkle to the displays. It's just a beautiful place to walk around with family and friends and and all um, free there in Rockford. So, you know, make a make a trip out of it. And when you're done in Rockford, you can keep going west on Highway 20 and go out to Galena. And, uh, of course, you know, Galena is the, the terrain around Galena as you approach the Mississippi River. Just some of the most gorgeous vistas you will find in the state of Illinois uh, during any season. But it probably gets especially festive once the holidays roll around. 
I mean, Galena really is just that picture-perfect Hallmark movie town that everyone loves once they visit and can't wait to come back to. And the in the winter, as you said, it just takes on this such a festive, beautiful scenery there. Chestnut Mountain Resort is there, and weather permitting, they will open the day after Thanksgiving for skiing and snowboarding. We'll see what happens with Mother Nature. Um, but they have 19 different ski runs for all ski levels. Anyone who's starting out as a new skier to experienced skiers, there's something for everyone there. And there's so much um, to do even beyond skiing. There's winter hiking trails nearby. And then, of course, you can't go to Galena without a visit to historic Main Street, where you can really find gifts for anyone on your shopping list this season. We're talking to Marla Shahowski, spokeswoman for the Illinois Office of Tourism in Chicago. And then if you point your car south down 55 or let's say I-57, uh, there is uh, some fun outdoor activities or there are fun outdoor activities at Starved Rock. Exactly. Starved Rock is a gorgeous uh, state park to visit any season during the year. Um, and come winter, there's so much to see there and, and such a beautiful place to take photos and go on some guided winter hikes. They have guided winter hikes on weekends there where you can explore the scenic canyons and weather permitting some frozen waterfalls. Um, obviously, in the right weather conditions, you can do ice climbing at Starve Rock. And if you've never seen it, it is a sight to see. Uh, even if you're not going to do it yourself, it's just fun to watch um, them do it. It's, it's mesmerizing. And, of course, following all the safety guidelines that they provide um, there at the park before you climb. But it is such a, an adrenaline rush to see people out there really embracing the best of winter at Starve Rock. And you can probably spot some bald eagles there um, later in January and February when they do um, a lot of bald eagle watching events out there at Starve Rock. Marla Shahowski, spokeswoman, Illinois Office of Tourism in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead in part two of Travel Tuesday, we'll discover the art of immersive travel. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of car cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM, the very latest on a stabbing and lockdown at a West Suburban high school. Just released reports examine the impact of climate change in Americans' coastal areas. In Travel Tuesday, we learn about immersive adventures that let you dive into local culture, relish hidden gems, and create unique memories. And the Chicago Lakefront will be getting a new marina at Navy Pier. Business, the markets are higher. The Dow is up 490. 
283 points. The NASDAQ is up 824. I should say 324. That is 324 for the NASDAQ, and the S&P 500 is up 86. We have 57 degrees right now at O'Hare under mostly sunny skies. Going up to 64 today, it's 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, Proviso West High School on a soft lockdown today following an incident on the campus. The latest now from WBM Steve Miller. Rob, it was a fight in the parking lot of Proviso West High School just after 10 o'clock this morning. A spokesman for Hillside says one student was stabbed in the arm and his injuries are not life-threatening. Hillside spokesman Gary Mack says police are still looking for the juvenile who stabbed the student. He says one other student was detained by authorities and he calls that student a witness. All three juveniles, he says, are males. As you report, Proviso West High School has been on soft lockdown, and what that means is that nobody's allowed in. Students in the school are allowed to move around within the school, but not leave. We'll continue to update this story. Reporting live, Steve Miller, News Radio 1059 WBBM. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Stocks are trading sharply higher today. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Gary Kultbaum, President, Kultbaum Capital Management in Orlando, Florida. Find him online at GaryK.com. Gary, thank you for joining us today. And if the uh, Fed has engineered a soft landing for the economy, Economy, uh, by raising interest rates and bringing uh, the prices uh, back into line, uh, leveling off inflation. Is this the point in the flight where the flight attendant is telling the passengers to uh, put all of their electronics away and get ready for landing? Well, let me just say, I think the Fed's overrated. I think the 150 million of us that go to work every day and the free markets have done the job. The Fed is who caused the inflation in the first place. So I I don't give them too much credit. Uh, Here's the good news. Inflation has come down. Uh, Interest rates have come down. The dollar is topping. And that means the market's bottoming. Uh, Starting in July, interest rates bottomed. Oil prices bottomed. We avoided the market on November 1st. That changed as soon as bonds topped. We're talking yields and oil prices topped. And now the market's much better stead. And all the areas that were complete avoids, including the small and mid caps where the Russell 2000 was just at bear market lows, look like they have turned the corner. And I think at the very least, uh, we've got a rally going into the end of the year after that beats the heck out of me. And then when we talk about uh, the Fed and credibility, and there was uh, a lot of criticism heaved Jerome Powell's way because he was late on addressing inflation back in 2021 when it was obviously taking off. Is there, what about the loss of credibility if they continue to hold interest rates higher for longer when it's very obvious that the fight against inflation is long over? Well, here's the key. If interest rates keep coming down, but he sits, that would be no good. Remember, interest rates kept going up when inflation showed up, and he sat at 0% and was kicking and screaming before he would even raise a quarter point. So that would be bad news. But I am pretty darn sure that these people are actually doves. They like easier money. If interest rates keep coming down, I think they'll act accordingly and probably pull Fed funds rates down a little bit also. But the big key is not really them. The big key is we just went from 5% to under 4.5% on the 10-year. That helps with the mortgages, with the loans, the cost of capital, the whole works. 
and also oil prices have tanked. So the two biggest costs to the consumer and business have been coming down markedly. And guess what happens with the stock market? It lifts up because the perception is uh, that profits will uh, start moving higher because of those two things happening. Going forward, what are some numbers to look for when it, when talking about the strength of the economy? I mean, outside of GDP and the obvious ones, but um, will there be more weight given to jobs reports or consumer spending reports or retail sales? Because those are the three legs of the stool that have been keeping the economy up over the last year and a half. Uh, you said it, consumer and jobs. Uh, the job market is held up. I've been saying for a very long time, as long as the job market holds up, we're okay. And the reason I say only okay is because the debt is skyrocketed. Credit card usage is at a record. The uh, the interest rate you pay on credit cards at a, as a record, and savings rates have plunged. And that's a one-two punch. That if all of a sudden we start losing jobs, that's when you head into a uh, downturn in the economy. So so far so good. Uh, am I surprised? Actually, a little surprised that it's held up so well, uh, but good because somebody with a job versus not is always a good thing. Gary Kulpbaum, President Kulpbaum Capital Management in Orlando. Thank you for joining us today. Find him online, GaryK.com. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, tips on living like a local as you explore, savor, and engage during a trip abroad. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Travel Tuesday, part two on the Noon Business Hour. In this segment, we're talking about immersing yourself in local life while traveling abroad. Joining us with tips for an authentic offbeat experience is Juliet Huddy, travel vlogger and curator at JetSetJulietTravels.com. Find her on YouTube at JetSetJulietTravels and on X or Twitter at JetSetJuliet. Thank you for joining us today. Of course, uh, Juliet, you're on TV. Uh, a, a presence on TV for uh, for many years, and now you're yes. here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, well, you know what? <clears throat> talking about politics is fun, but these days, talking about travel is a lot more fun. Um, so I wanted to talk about living like a local. That basically means, Rob, that when you arrive at your destination, let's say you're going out of the country, whether it's Europe or South America, wherever, put your passport aside and you become basically one with your surroundings. I've got a few tips how to do this. The first one is don't stay in a tourist zone. Rob, you know this. Tourist zones are great for people who want to spend all their time at museums and tourist attractions, obviously. Um, they want to be around a large number of Americans. Um, they're also great. Tourist zones are for, let's be honest, for people who are intimidated by being in a foreign country. And I get that. You know, it, it can be scary when no one is speaking your language. But isn't the point of traveling to a different country to experience a different culture? So don't stay in a tourist zone. Instead, book an Airbnb instead of a hotel, actually. Staying outside of a tourist zone in the neighborhoods where the locals live, work, eat, drink, play, that gives you an authentic take on what it's like to actually live like a local. And by the way, don't be sneaky. You don't want to book the Airbnb that's whatever, like right next to the Eiffel Tower. You know, you, you want to discover <laughs> yeah. the less obvious neighborhood. That's the whole point. And if you're having trouble figuring out, well, I don't, I've never been to Paris. I don't know the, the less obvious neighborhoods. What's she talking about? Just Google best neighborhoods to stay in and tons of articles come up. Or you can just, you just email me at Juliet at JetSetJulietTravels.com and I'll be happy to hook you up all over the world. Um, Another thing is that I don't know. Have you ever stayed in an Airbnb, Rob? 
I mean, I, I haven't not like in far flung destinations on different yeah. continents. I mean, I, I've shared an Air, Air, Airbnb in St. Louis. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> all right, well, this a little is less maybe exotic, a little more immersive. <laughs> Airbnbs, you know this, they're usually bigger than hotel rooms, and they pretty much almost always offer more perks. You've got like terraces and kitchens. And speaking of, if you've got a kitchen and you're traveling a- abroad, take advantage of it. Go to the grocery store one day like a local would. Cook a meal instead of going out to dinner one night. Or even better, and I swear this sounds a little dorky, but I did this. You pack a picnic lunch and you head to a park, you know, around the corner from your flat, just sitting there having wine and cheese while little, you know, little French kids are running around playing football and mommies are gossiping and you don't know what they're saying, but who cares? Because you're in Paris, you know, traveling doesn't have to be frenetic. You're on vacation. Slow it down. Soak it up and live like a local. And I think there's, and, and you, you bring up some very good points because uh, I used to work with a guy at a radio station here in town, and he would, if you're going anywhere in the world, he was that person. He was the live like a local person. It's like, oh, are you going to uh, to Timbuktu? Well, go to this bar, ask for Steve, and he's going to set you up with the with the best drink in town. <laughs> Rob, my, my husband and I will be moving to Venice because of the fact that we have met so many local people. That, that's a huge thing. You've got to make an effort to meet the locals. Even if you're you know, an introvert, you've got to sit down at the bar before you go to your table at a restaurant and chat up the bartender. I'm telling you, my husband and I did this on our first trip overseas. We were in Venice. Guys, bartenders, they are your magic key to unlocking a city. If a bartender likes you, you're not only going to get a free drink or two, you're going to get valuable information on this is stuff that he wouldn't normally just offer any tourist. Like, you know, where did the Venetian locals go for dinner? Or, and this actually happened to us, he'll bring you to the back entrance of St. Mark's Basilica, where his friend works, who will let you just go right in. I mean, this is, it's stuff like this, you know, learning key phrases of the language. People, like bartenders who work directly with tourists day, day after day, hour after hour, you know, they're engaging with people who don't speak their language, who sometimes, you know, aren't exactly the, the, the easiest people to get along with. Tourists can be impatient and they can be rude. You're in their house, not the other way around. You know, instead of expecting the bartender to know English, learn a few words or phrases of his language. You may botch it. I mean, you may say things that are completely inappropriate, but just making the effort it shows you that you respect their culture and them. And that could honestly end up like it has for my husband and I in, in Venice, getting you the keys, the proverbial keys to the city. Juliet Huddy, travel vlogger and curator at JetSetJulietTravels.com. Find her online on YouTube at JetSetJulietTravels. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, a Navy Pier Marina has been given the green light. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The long-awaited Navy Pier Marina has finally gotten a construction permit and is expected to be in operation by summer 2025. Let's learn more from Randy Podolsky, Developer and manager of the Navy Pier Perina, uh, Navy Pier Marina in Chicago. Randy, thanks for joining us today. And this is a day that's a long time in coming. Thanks, Rob. Happy to be here. Yes, it is. And how you know, just talk about all the hurdles and, and various things uh, your venture had to clear before this could become a reality. Well, in short, uh, we had the Corps of Engineers, IDNR. IEPA, all the permits that we needed. The city council had approved this in 2016. Uh, but uh, then there was a glitch with the water department uh, who pressured CDOT into holding up our construction permit. And that cost us uh, the last four or five years. 
Uh, we are now back on track to submit final drawings and receive that permit based upon uh, an agreement we uh, inked yesterday with Chicago and the new administration. And is this part of the just the ongoing evolution of Navy Pier? Because you know we're thinking back uh, nearly 30 years when it was reborn as this tourist destination. Now it's becoming more of a, a place to live because you have the hotel coming in. You have the marina coming in. You clearly have a lot of uh, residential towers and, and condo buildings around the marina. Is this like a, a natural outcropping of that evolution of not only Navy Pier, but that part of Chicago? Yeah. I would agree with that. I think Navy Pier Inc. has done a phenomenal job since, uh, off the top of my head, 2007 when they started the, to, to do the rebrand. And uh, the hotel's a great addition. Polk Brothers Park, uh, the marina is all part of that uh, that vision, and we're proud to be part of that. Uh, obviously, nobody will live there, uh, but you're right. Lots of residential around, and Navy Pier is uh, quite the unique attraction, um, you know, for all kinds of recreation uh, in Chicago. And where would this marina be located in relation to Navy Pier? For those who aren't familiar with the geography, is this going to be located in that slip uh, that's uh, next to the locks, uh, basically where uh, kind of where the old North Pier development used to be? No, you're on the opposite side where the commercial boats are right now. We're going to be in what's called the North Slip. The entire north elevation, about 3,000 feet from uh, west to east along the north side of Navy Pier, where there's really not a lot of uh, recreational action right now. So we'll be bringing a whole new focus to the north side of the pier. And when this opens in the summer of 2025, does that mean uh, Navy Pier, your marina, is going to be another place where people can store boats during the summer along the lines of, uh, of, of Monroe Harbor and DuSable Harbor? No, great question. We are completely different than the West Trek Marine-run Chicago Harbor System. Uh, We're independent of all that. Uh, We plan to offer um, transient boating marina services so that you can't stay really all summer. You can come for lunch, dinner, uh, enjoy some nights there. Uh, But we'll be the only full transient marina on all of Lake Michigan when we're opened. Uh, So we won't compete with the 4,500 boats in the Chicago Harbor System. We'll actually supplement them by having another place or the place now uh, for their own boaters and boaters all around Lake Michigan and beyond to come visit Navy Pier in Chicago. Randy Podolsky, developer and manager of the Navy Pier, Perina, Navy Pier Marina in Chicago. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.